Welcome, goyles and ghouls, to a very special episode of the Mystic Mitten Radio Show. We have an unusual show planned for you today. It's going to be a very musical show. Today we're joined by Charles Urban of the Picassos, based out of St. Clair Shores, Michigan. And we're going to be swapping spooky stories, chatting, and taking a listen to two of our favorite tracks by our favorite local band. So Charles, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to have you on here with us. We're so excited to finally sit down and have this conversation. So thanks. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Very glad to be part of it. So I've been following you for a while, and we've been following you on Instagram for, I think it's it's got to be going on a couple years now. And, um, you know, your aesthetic really vibes with our aesthetic, and in, in kind of a different way as far as the outward persona that we we uh, present to the world. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited that we already kind of vibe that way. Do you sense that too? Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, kind of like minds can attract and especially when you're in the, uh, spookier topics, it's, it's good to, it's good to find, uh, friendly ghosts out there. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's a wonderful way to start this episode off. Friendly ghosts. Well, we also have in the background here, our other two local friendly ghosts. We have Jessica Crutell and Ryan Reed back there. Are you guys, how are you guys Hello. doing? <laughs> So this is this is a little bit of a, a, a different kind of setup here where there's four of us now. So balancing this conversation is a, it seems a little intimidating out of the gate, but I bet you we're gonna find a nice little flow and kind of bounce off each other and, and go down some interesting rabbit holes today. So I know one of the mm. the most exciting things right out of the gate that I want to ask you about, Charles, we always like to, to kind of break the ice and ask people what their, you know, if they have paranormal experiences or what their favorite paranormal experiences are, if they have many. So how would you answer that? Hmm. Well, I guess it's hard to say if I've had a paranormal experience. I'd like to think that I have as far as my perception of what I perceive to be something out of the out of the normal um i've had a few instances uh oddly enough um the house that i currently reside uh in st Clair shores no less um have had a couple bizarre occurrences that i have can only attribute to possibly some sort of paranormal activity um, and that have, in fact, inspired uh, a few of my musical outputs. That's something that I'm very excited to talk to you about, too. Um, I know, you know, in some of our little very brief conversations, we've never had an opportunity to like, this isn't face to face. It feels that way. But, you know, talk in this intimate, in, uh, you know, kind of space yet. But um, something that has come up a couple times in our conversations, or at least in my researching of you, is that um, paranormal activity and, you know, kind of spirits have, a, have a, a place in your creative process and in your musical performances, too. So I'm so excited to hear about that. Yes, definitely. That, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, to say inspiration would be definitely putting it lightly. So are you, you know, I, I, I could assume you're somebody who's drawn to, 
you know, horror movies, things like that. But um, are you somebody who's interested in paranormal phenomenon in general? Or um, are your personal experiences kind of the the uh, center of, of your interest? What would you say? I think... Um... I think they often go hand in hand. If if you're drawn to something like classic monster movies, you might, you know, be be drawn to finding out do these things really exist? Like, does the Wolfman stalk the graveyards? Is that a thing that you can go out and find, Lon Chaney? It's I I think that often, um, and especially at a young age, like yeah, I loved monster movies. That was a huge part of my. Uh, developing psyche so naturally finding that and then going to i i often remember watching history channel uh specials and the mockumentaries of finding bigfoot and all that uh sort of thing the unexplained mysteries so naturally you know it starts seeping in the um the history of uh ghosts and ghouls and how that all uh life imitates art art imitates life that the vicious cycle as it were. So, yeah, absolutely. Do you have a particular is is, is the are Bigfoot shows a favorite in particular? Or they... Um, I'm actually I'm an avid crypto um, enthusiast as well. So, cryptozoology is definitely something that I've um, I've did many school reports on and got many fun names out of it. Um, and uh, definitely I somehow turned a report on uh, Puerto Rico about of a chupacabra. And it was definitely not the topic I was tasked for. But. So, yeah, definitely a, a thing that has, um, has grown with me, I think. I would have loved to be so in that class. So that leads class. me to my question here. Like, <sighs> oh, I, I want to know who's, who's your favorite cryptid then? We all have a favorite, and you're lying if you say you don't. <laughs> um, I oh oh yes. I mean, it depends on your definition of cryptid, I suppose, because naturally, my I love the Mothman. I'm I am intrinsically obsessed with the Mothman in every state. Um, but I would also go as far to say that it's not necessarily a cryptid. I might you know I might surmise that it's more of a paranormal entity and less of a physical creature that's been undiscovered you know fair. that's really fair. that's kind of where i sit with it um but recently and i would say maybe now a couple years now i have been digging very deep into the michigan dog man and if you don't know much about that and i'm sure you do um yeah that's that's definitely taken a an obsessive point for me well, let's hear, hear some stories from your end, though, because Hillary and I have done our own research, but I think it's going to sound spookier if it comes from you. So let's let's hear what, I don't what know your anything. favorite story or claim about the Michigan Dogman is. Always assume that I oh, am... The Michigan Dogman. Oh. Um, Sorry, go ahead, please. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, it, it all starts with, um, I think, when I first became aware of the concept... It was actually the Beast of Bray Road in Wisconsin. And it was probably some like Discovery Kids, like pseudo mystery hunters situation. And uh, I, I vaguely remember the reenactment and how it was just terrifying as a, as a young uh, elementary schooler uh, witnessing what, what appeared to be a werewolf in real, you know, reenactment setting. 
on a you know a, a foggy road in the middle of a cornfield and uh in th- those hearing those stories about the beast of bray road and realizing wait a minute you know, wait uh, i'm sorry are you saying that werewolves actually do exist and then going a step further and looking into it and countless you know sleepless nights uh listening to stories and then finding uh different podcasts the uh dogman encounters radio if you are uh uninitiated definitely highly recommend it um but uh yeah there's some terrifying accounts of people experiencing what they uh describe as a six to ten foot tall uh lycanthrope uh entity and uh yeah it, it it's all over the place but i can say that what kind of i think i i was aware of it for years and years kind of went to the back of my mind as life happens and then um a friend of mine who i met um through work as you do uh told me of an encounter that his uncle who actually is a paranormal investigator um experienced in a uh a cemetery not too far away from uh where i grew up so um if I can get into that a little bit. Yes, please do share. Yeah, now, now say, we're intrigued. It's <laughs> okay. kind of interesting to like... it's, it's it's not a long story. <laughs> but it's it's interesting to see, you know, these things that, you know, we we find a fascination with as adults. Um and, and eventually at some point it kind of clicks in our minds that okay, we've we've had some sort of connection to this from our childhood that we might not have even have realized it. So it's it's very interesting to hear something like that. So yeah, we want to hear it though. Let us get it. We're like rabid dogs. (laughs) Give us more. (laughs) We can't get it up. (laughs) Well, well. Rabid dogs, um, pun intended. (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) Um, Well, as it happens, so it's not a long story because I'm I'm getting this, you know, third hand here. But what I understand is that, you know, they're investigating an old cemetery that has since been put out of use. Um, I can give you a name. If if that's if that's interesting, you can yes oh, yeah that's interesting. <laughs> it's it's um Go it's Goodrich Cemetery in uh in uh, Romeo area. Okay. If you've heard of that, um so yeah it's 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 got a bit of a sordid history. You can even look it up on like Michigan's most haunted places and areas, and they they give you a little brief uh bio on Goodrich Cemetery and how it's often you see shadow work and orbs and people often experience all the, all your normal things um but in this instance uh my friend's uncle he claims that they were you know doing the investigative work because they're investigating um i cannot remember if it was or wasn't a full moon i don't think that super matters but they claim that off in the distance you know it's we're talking in the dead of night um, off in the distance, they see what they can only describe as a large dog walking in and amongst the tombstones. All, all of a sudden, they see, or they rather, they hear something off in the distance, have it be a howl, I'm not sure, but a noise goes off in the distance. The dog then stands up on two legs and bolts in the other direction. This is a brief encounter. It's 
not a very descriptive encounter because all they can say is that it was definitely a dog and it definitely stood up on two legs, something along those lines, and it ran. Um, but it's actually you know not too close, not too far away from where I grew up. So to know that there are uh, sightings that close in proximity is um, all too fascinating to me. Yeah, that's... I don't like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't want to see that. Nope. I, don't want that. Oh yes. <laughs> Gosh, and Romeo's such an there's interesting place. There's another one, too. Go ahead. That um, there's a uh, in Grove Point, which um, neighbor St. Clair Shores. That's like one of like the first like ah. Michigan dogman stories. So it's kind of interesting that Grove Point is also a hot spot from back in the day. You know, um, if you like trace down from at least from the research that I've done, there hasn't been any sort of sightings or anything like that. Um, you know, in, in years, like a very, very long time. But like when Gross Point first started happening like that, there there was a sighting in Gross Point, according to the Internet. So <laughs> I think it's actually in some of my haunted Michigan books as well. But um, that's pretty interesting. So you moved from being a neighbor there to being a neighbor here. So <laughs> exactly. Smack dab in the werewolf central, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the hot spot. Did you, I don't know if any of you guys heard, there was this, the, this, I was making jokes about it to everyone who would listen, or at least everyone I could contact in this limited quarantine situation here, the limited contact situation. And um, there was a pedestrian bridge that collapsed um, over 94. I think it must have been a couple weeks ago now. I don't know. All the days are blending together, but um, I think a truck hit it. And the whole thing collapsed and they said that it hadn't been maintenance properly in a while. And so it was probably decaying. But so I was personally starting a rumor that um, it was a Mothman incident or a Mothman related incident. And that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so please help me perpetuate this myth amongst that. That bridge collapse on 94 was um, a, as a direct result of uh, Mothman. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I. I know somebody that claims that they have maybe seen Mothman in the area. I, no one should be ashamed what? of that. This is just I, getting crazier it's and It's not, crazier. it's not my story to tell. It's oh, not my story man. to tell. Fair. Uh, I, uh, you know, I can, I can put in a good word. That's fair. Well, we would love to in <laughs> the future. I'm sure everyone listening would love to hear this person's Mothman story too. So I, I mean like, no, in like total dead serious, like all jest aside, like, Anyone who would love to tell us their Mothman story or any paranormal stories, like, please send us a message. We love to entertain that, and um, we believe in all kinds of weird stuff. So anything you have to tell us is probably not that strange, and we'll probably be like, oh, yeah, totally. We can totally see that happening. So I have seen one of those. We'll do tell. <laughs> in the context, anything, anything strange, uh, I can see stranger. So, of all the strange things that you've seen, what would you see or say? Could you pick one out from? A, I'm assuming it's a handful, but would you pick one out? One experience well, out? Um, I suppose. I suppose if if, if I've got to. Um. So, um. To frame it, um. This ha my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago now, um, almost three. Oh, um, his birthday is in uh, 
late September. I'm sorry, early September. Um, but he passed away in October. So, um, almost a year uh, to the day of his birthday, um, I was thinking about it heavy um, and kind of tried, didn't make much of a big deal of it or anything, but it was definitely on my mind. Um, I'm not positive that this has much of anything to do with it other than the dates just seem to coincide and that's what kind of draws me to the conclusion. But, um, so a pretty innocuous evening. Um, my partner's over and we were, uh, you know, asleep. Um, and in the middle of midst of the night, uh, I vaguely remember waking up suddenly uh, you know, as in that half asleep slumbers, uh, hazy vision thing. And I saw what I thought was, um, she was coming back, you know, in the room and I thought, oh, is, oh, oh, okay. You're, you're walking toward. Okay. So I'm, I'm like trying to make room naturally. And then I realized, oh, she's right here. She's next to me. She's laying down. Um, only realizing that what I was witnessing walking toward me was nothing more than a dark void shadow. Um, and this was, you know, in, in such a state of shock and such a state of half asleep. I don't know if maybe it was just overwhelming to my brain at that point in time, but I was just like, this is too much. I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> so I fell back asleep. Um, only to be woken up. I don't know. Maybe it was an hour later. Uh, by a poster size uh, framed uh, movie poster of Frankenstein uh, being lifted off the wall and crashing <sighs> to the floor. I only know that it must have been lifted off because I have it hooked on the wall with basically a hair tie. So you really have to kind of pick it up for it to, you know, the elastic to uh, bend enough to actually pick, get it off of the hook. So that is my... Um, little experience with that that was obviously a bit of a shock wow um, and that was definitely something that drew me that oh, i'm like oh okay that definitely there may be some connective <laughs> tissue to that um so quite a quite an experience i think that definitely uh sticks with me yeah um and and I, i'll say the the anecdote to me is that uh my grandfather was born in um he would always say it was 32, but I think it was actually 31. And Frankenstein was released in 31. As that, that's the only that's the only connection that I can really see with that. But I I like to think that it's an you know a, a nice little hey how are you, but I don't know maybe maybe it's a little bit much. I believe that stuff, you know, so I think Jessica or, or, you know, we have conversations where it seems like sometimes our expectations because of movies are a lot greater than what, you know, ends up happening for real. And so where, you know, in if we're thinking about it, um, an event where a movie poster that has, you know, yearly significance, but also that, you know, little um, memory to that person in your life. And then it, you know, being lifted off, defying, you know, physics, that's a huge 
event, really. I mean, that's not a tiny little, you know, connection either, in my opinion. That's that's a great story. I think a lot goes into it, too, um, for an instant like that, where, like, sometimes you just, like, have that feeling in your gut that it's, you know, that it's a sign or somebody's visiting you. You know what I mean? Um, so I kind of resonate with that, uh, with, like, visits from, you know, past grandparents. Um and if that is what you feel in your heart and in your gut, and that's what you kind of felt was in that moment, then you might very well be right. I don't even see that as a, hey, hello, that's a hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, if, if, yeah, if there's any connection to the, um, the shadowy entity, entity that I actually witnessed, or at least think I saw, think I saw it, um, to the, to the poster, then, um, Maybe the first time I didn't pay attention enough. I don't know. Yeah, that could be it, too. You're like, I, like, he was trying to say something, but you didn't give him enough attention, so he needed to be bigger and bolder. <laughs> it's a lot of bigger tricks. Yeah. <laughs> De- definitely that, yeah. So have there been other things? You said that there's activity that happens in your house or the house that you're staying in now. What else goes on there? Um, I mean, nothing consistent is the thing is uh, ever since I've um, kind of really started paying attention, it, it always seems like things don't go on as much. Um, one of the more interesting um, anecdotes was the night that we moved here. Uh, and if memory serves, it may have been Devil's Night. Ooh. The yeah, right before Halloween, and um, or at least a day or two before, I think reasonably. Um, my mother was staying in the house by herself. She's handicapped. Um, so we had, you know, this was a couple of years ago now, and we had uh, situated her, and uh, we were still moving things back from the old old place. Um, she calls us frantically, saying, "Wait." I was like, where is everyone? And it's like, oh, we're still here. We haven't we haven't come there yet. She's like, but wait, who who was here? And we're like, no, we nobody was there. What are you talking oh. about? Are you all right? It's like she claims that she heard um she was uh in the room naturally by herself, uh, and heard what she perceived as footsteps coming down the hall, thinking it was naturally one of the family members coming in. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the feeling that you get when the air breaks and you think that there's a, a person standing in the doorway or something, that's what she felt. Oh, wow. Only to look to see, no, nobody's there. Um, this was then crescendoed by a uh, a falling something, um, a crashing sound. And uh, when I had investigated, I, I then, you know, I came there shortly after that. And then came to see that something in the basement had been disturbed to find that um, a poster had fallen off the wall as well. Oh I have a problem with posters falling in the wall. <laughs> um, the, the anecdote this time was that the poster that fell was Ghostbusters. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, man. What are the odds of that? I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Oh my goodness! No ghost. 
Well, so and how do you feel that like, I mean, the, the way you tell the stories, it's like there's there's not does this scare you in the moment? Were you, you know, fearful? How do you feel about it? It's it was, you know, it, it's always unnerving at first. It's always unnerving, especially, you know, coming into this um, at a bit of a younger age at the point of, you know, growing with weird things that happen. You, you kind of get a little desensitized to it um, as this is a couple of years ago initially. But the the funnier thing um, is that eventually, you know, it, it does it does kind of wear on you for a little bit. You, you think about it too much and then you psych yourself out and you think you see things and you don't see things. Um, but eventually one of the things that I felt really helped me, uh, um, kind of come to terms with living, uh, in a house that may or may not have a ghost in it was writing a, uh, a bit of a tune about it. So that was one of my, um, my, my uh, songs that I put together was, uh, it's called my personal phenomena. Yes. And, um, it's, it's <clears throat> evidently about living in a house with a ghost or at least wanting to. So we're actually going to take a listen to this song right now. Um, here's My Personal Phenomenon by the Picassos. Just some strange spectre watching over me.
Okay, Charles. So tell us about this song. Tell us about writing the song. Tell us the story, all of it. I'm this was a couple years now that I've um I've had that one in my repertoire. Uh it's it was the kind of thing I, I usually come up with concepts before I come up with melodies. So it's like I knew that I wanted to write a song about this subject. I, I didn't really understand if it was going to be a loud, bombastic thing. This was about the time that I, um, I've, I've always wanted to be in a band, but there's there comes a point when um, you have to learn how to be a solo musician. <laughs> so um, I evidently learned on the acoustic guitar and realized that it's a lot easier to if you have the itch to play in public, you might as well be doing it in acoustic. It just makes more sense. Um, so I eventually put together a suitcase that I used as my backup percussion, and that was my um, one skeleton band uh, opus there. So and so one of the tunes um, happened to be that particular one, and um, it kind of there's a bit of metaphor in there. Um, but definitely about a character that wants desperately is, is to not feel so alone, I guess. And they feel that, you know, it's better to have a, uh, a ghost in your house than be perfectly by yourself. Um, and kind of taking a little bit of comfort in that. So it, it, it's definitely a, um, kind of a Casper scenario, I think. A friendly ghost. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes ghosts can be great roommates. It's just learning how to deal with them and, um, you know, establishing establishing, um, appropriate ways of communication. But, um, you know, that's that's kind of like our our take on things, too, is we want to try to make, you know, like not every ghost is scary, but they can end up being a pretty cool roommate where you (laughs) can talk to them openly. And you know what I mean? It's like having like you're saying, like the additional friend that's just kind of hanging out with you. Agreed, hundred percent. Yeah, that that's definitely the the high concept for that that number, and it's um kind of kind of in, in writing in writing certain verses, I, I I felt that I was kind of not necessarily communicating, but at least coming to terms with it in my own head, and then um, being able to you know perform it. I, I've I've had people that have really you know that resonated with that number, and felt that it's like yeah, I have a friend that passed away and this is this is kind of like a weird metaphor to me that i feel that i can that's how i communicate with them now and have a bit of a relationship even though you know keeping their memory with you even if that's beautiful no i can i can relate to that too and even you know especially what you just said there too and and there's a a friend that passed away several years ago now um, that I have conversations with in a certain way. It's not in the same way that I would call, um, you know, one of you guys on the phone or that we're talking now, um, but there's visits and there's um, kind of messages and little internal dialogue that I know comes from that friend. And so it's not the same, but, you know, it's beautiful in its own way. And so I love that, that you know, there's a it's a bittersweet beauty to that sentiment i love that yeah um that's definitely definitely the idea is uh finding the finding the the brighter parts of the darkness you know 
I am such a huge fan. I mean, I'm going to gush here for a moment, everyone. Just bear with me. Just let me do it for a moment. Just go with it. Um, <laughs> I am such – I love your music. I love your music. Your lyrics Aww. are so visual, and I love the beat, and I know, you know, I, I the aesthetics, all of it. Like, there is, you know, something so special about this project. And, you know, we're, we're biased because we love spooky stuff, but, you know, you are tremendously talented and even watching you on Ryan's live stream, um, a couple weeks ago, you know, and I, I was like shrieking. I'm not even joking. You guys all should have seen me. I was shrieking. If this is the thing oh. you have to like hold off on us coming to see you live because I will go, I will act wild. I can't contain. I'm not like she a will quiet be a fan, girl. Oh my God. I'll shriek. I'll scream. Well, Woo! We seem to have some time right now. So. <laughs> But just, no, no, that's gonna I, happen. That, that means a lot, though. It means a heck of a lot. Thank you. Wow. So, speaking of you know the things I like, and and I want to talk a little bit about what I if I had to choose one. I love all of your songs, but my favorite of your songs is "Memento Mori." And so we're also going to take a listen to "Memento Mori." But before we do that, um, Charles, what is what is your spiel about this song? I when you did it live the other day, what would you say to introduce this song? Ooh, <laughs> um, it's a spiel. I'll tell you, um, it's, uh, it's often a song that I've had uh, to close out our sets um, whenever we do perform it. Uh, and the, the sentiment, uh, if you know the phrase "memento mori," is the translation. Remember, you will die. Um, and that's something that I, I think is often people see it as such a macabre thing to say. And yeah, it's very dark and very dreary, but it's, it's, I think, it, I think of it as just the same as carpe diem. You know, you're seizing the day, you're keeping, um, keeping on the path, uh, doing what you feel you need to do. Um, remembering that our time is finite and to make the most of it. Um, that particular song, um, I, I initially had called it something like Gravedigger's Lament because I, I, I didn't really know what to call it initially. And I, um, it was chronicling the, the experience of a, I don't know what century they live in, um, but a, a uh, cemetery worker, a gravedigger, um, you know, seeing the bodies come and go and realizing that, you know, it, it's everything is the same and, you know, people never... They don't they don't see what they have before it's too late and it's it's definitely um i as uh, as much of a, a deaf dredge as it might seem i i always thought of it as more of a uh, a hopeful number as much as that might be hard to believe i feel that i feel you feel that musically i just just like the, you, when you vibe with stuff like this i feel like you just feel it so you you'll have to be the judge as you listen here here is again the picassos with memento mori Oh. 
So, Charles, another thing that I've noticed you talk about a little bit is the death positivity movement. How are you involved in the death positivity movement? Um, well, I've recently taken a position at a cemetery for my uh, day job at the graveyard. Um, and uh, it's definitely um, interesting to see just how different people deal with it differently. And some are obviously very, oh, I don't want to talk about this at all, but other people are very open. And it's always nice to see the ones that are open because you do get to have that dialogue and be like, you are part of your planning. Like, I, I happen to help families uh, plan for their entombment or their graveyard space, you know, the whole uh, um, end of life planning. And it's it's such an important thing that people realize that it's it's okay to talk about it. And that when, when I get the response, oh, I don't want to talk about that in front of my kids. Well, maybe it should because wouldn't it be a heck of a thing to one day them not have you here to talk to you about it and then have to, um, you know, f figure it out on their own? I, I think that's, you know, the, the worst thing you can possibly do to somebody is put that on them. Um, but to to have these 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 um you know amoebas vague topics such as death something that people can't really quantify you can't pick it up at the store you don't know <laughs> what you're looking for um to to really boil it down it's it's just kind of well where do you want to be what what do you want to be and um i think it's important to talk about it frankly yeah, I agree. I think we can we can all agree on that in our little group here. You know, it's 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 death is still such a taboo subject in our culture. And that's something that, you know, I don't know is 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 consistent um, all over the world. Maybe perhaps some of our, our Eastern cult, you know, counterparts, in my opinion, have maybe a little bit of a better handle on um, death. But, you know, it that that oh, is yes. so interesting to me that that there are people who that it's they're so death averse they don't want to talk about it they don't want their it's a natural you know part of our our life there's life and there's death that that always confuses me <laughs> so how long have you been working at the cemetery then that's i'm actually that's a job i'm a little envious of to be totally honest oh, believe it or oh, not don't. <laughs> oh don't what's um, it like it's it's uh it, it's it's a lot of paperwork um, that's, that's most of the job. I'll, I'll say that. Um, my, my favorite parts are definitely, um, helping the families one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and currently in the state of the world, it's been a lot harder to do that. So everything is over phone right now. Everything's over email. Uh, but it used to be being able to schedule an appointment with, you know, um, family members and being able to explain things out to them, give them a tour, um, of the grounds and let them know it's like, Hey, these are the options for you. So it's it can be very fulfilling to be sure uh, to see that through and to see um, craziest stuff is when, when you you reach out to somebody to see it's like hey is there anything we can do for you and they'll they'll put you off they'll say no um, and then it's heartbreaking to to get the call a couple of weeks later or a month later and find out oh wow they actually did need your services and uh, they put it off yeah and now they've got to do some stuff in a frame of mind that nobody's prepared to do. And that, that, that's, that's some of the most heartbreaking stuff, but, um, I love cemeteries. I gotta say, um, a very, I've always found it a very tranquil place, a very, um, reserved place that you can really 
just uh, kind of a, a library of people. Yeah. That's an um, interesting analogy. You know, I like that. Yeah, definitely. It's it's bookkeeping. It's uh, timekeeping. It's it's history, too. So there's there's elements of all these things that you, you never think would be part of that, that job description. But um, definitely, uh, if I if uh, if this whole music thing doesn't work out, <laughs> um, then, uh, you know, I'm definitely heading in the, the deaf industry. That's great. That's, you know, you're, you're such a nice person too. And that's such a, you know, uh, sensitive time. So I'm, I'm, you know, I think the industry is lucky to have you. So good for you. That's great. I appreciate that too. Thank you. So is there a cemetery if you had to choose in Metro Detroit, do you have any, uh, is there a favorite or that you like to visit or? Ooh. Um, you know, it's it's weird. I, I've recently come across one. Um, it's it's actually uh, well, I, I work in Royal Oak as it is, and there's a little strip of land um, in the middle of uh, one of the roads in Rochester Road. I think it's um, Royal Oak Cemetery, and it's it's an old one, but it's it's just this really tiny little slab uh, slab of land, but it's a lot of trees, a lot of overhang, and you can just really feel the history of it, um, and it's. It's kind of bizarre, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in the paranormal realm. But it's yeah, again, definitely a a, a tranquil place. I know exactly where you're talking. Yeah, I know exactly where you're talking sorry, about. I've never been in there. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is the 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 downside of the four person conversation. I'm so sorry, everybody. Um, but I know exactly where you're talking about. That place is beautiful, and it is. It's very interesting how it just sits in the middle of the road like that. I've never been in there though, but I know what you mean. You, you can just drive straight through it. It's what's so bizarre. It's, there's only one road. It just goes straight right through. Um, and it's it's so odd. It, it does kind of feel at, at parts like you're in um in the haunted mansion because mm-hmm. you just you just threw all these old decrepit tombstones and they're falling apart and you're kind of on your own little roller coaster. But um, yeah, it's it's quite quite something. Always oh, a good car ride. That's my. I just I love clearing my head going for a drive going off to the cemetery by myself for a little bit and just kind of like being alone because there's never anyone there so and it's a beautiful place so so. i have a story to tell (laughs) all right hillary are you aware that there's like a cemetery in richmond across from the hardware store uh i don't think i knew that wait uh no no i it is the same it's kind of the same setup where it's like it looks like you're driving down someone's driveway, but then you end up in this like small cemetery. And it's interesting because my mom's cousin is actually buried there. So uh, like we actually have like family members on this land. Anyway, so <laughs> this was like when the start of this whole COVID-19 thing started and we were out at the farm, my mom and I, and that's where we go to walk my dog because, you know, like all of the parks around here are like super packed and everything. So we wanted ice cream because all the ice cream shops down by us here in Sinclair Shores are closed. So we went to Dairy Queen out there and we didn't want anyone to know that we were getting ice cream without them. So we went and we ate Dairy Queen in the cemetery. But because everybody else was bored and there was nothing else going on, there was like a whole bunch of family members, like like other little groups of people just walking the cemetery and this cemetery is so small guys so it's so awkward that we're like sitting there eating our like our ice cream you know like having our banana splits and there's like this family like 
putting in their their miles, their steps, getting their steps in for the day, doing laps around the cemetery as they're sitting there seeing us parked in the Ford Flex just smashing ice cream. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh shoot! I, I definitely, I definitely know the place you're talking about. Oh my god, it was so funny. But like, I had no idea that that was there because you look like you're driving down someone's driveway as a like surprise. There's a cemetery, cemetery and like we have family members there. And my mom didn't my even know. My favorite surprise. That, like <laughs> that, her cousin was buried there. She knew he was buried somewhere out there, but like she never knew the exact spot until she went out there with my aunt like a while ago. And um, and lo and behold, that's where her cousin was buried. It was just so crazy. Oh my gosh! But that was—it's definitely one of those places, though, because we weren't the only ones. There was someone riding their bike. There was a family walking. Like it's just one of those places where you just go to chill, and it's just like off the beaten path, and um, you know, it's just a relaxing spot. I'm really excited to get back out when it gets a little bit warmer here. We've had a little bit of mixed weather still, but any minute now. We're going to be able to go to the cemeteries again. It'll be nice and dry. And I'm looking forward to to getting to a couple places around Detroit. Um, Woodlawn's one of my favorites. So I'm looking forward to taking you guys to Woodlawn Ooh. this year. Charles, you should come with us somewhere. There's so many places we could go, Charles. I know Ryan had some ideas that I think he was excited to run by you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would love that. Absolutely. I know we wanted to get you to the Anatomy of Death Museum too, and then you know that it things got crazy towards the end of the year, and then this whole thing got shut down. And but we talked about it a few episodes again. That's one of you know the places I'm super excited to get back to. So we'll have to you'll have to come with us on a little private excursion inside the Anatomy of Death Museum. We owe you that. (laughs) Yeah, I I I did get a chance to make it out there. We we did we did take a look at the place. Um, We have a little tour. Um, So cool, so beautiful. You probably have an an additional appreciation for it too, being someone who works in the death industry too. So, I'm glad you liked it. Oh yeah, even even more so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I was I was fortunate to actually take part in their little art show that they had. I remember um, a little while back. Yeah, I um I I also vend art pieces, so that was something that I had uh, was fortunate to be part of too. What is your bread and butter of your art pieces, would you say? Or what? what is your favorite stuff to make? What is that like? Oh, wait, what, music over art or just an art? I guess, I guess let's talk about your art for a minute. I'm curious about your art. You know, I don't know a ton about your art. Forgive me. But do, yeah, is okay. it, do you, what do you do? Um, I've... I, I have a, I guess I have a low attention span because I, I do everything that I can. I, I just want to, I definitely started like drawing and pencils and such. Um, and then ink and watercolor. And now I work in woodworking. I've been trying to wood burn and well, and I have a oh, iPad, awesome. so I do digital. So digital is really fun now. I'm, I'm really enjoying everything I can do with digital pen. So that's amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I can shamelessly plug myself. I'm at um, the Wicker Casket on uh, Instagram, and it's two V's, so V V Vicker, and I put a lot of my art on there. So that's excellent. And then 
the Picassos too. Since since we're plugging Instagram, let's like plug it all for a second here. Where can people follow you on Instagram? Ooh. Um. Well, yeah. Uh, at the Picassos, it's all one word. Um. Even on Facebook, it's all one word because somebody else took the one with the space. So <laughs> we'll work that out. I hate that. Um, <laughs> it's so annoying. These all these little caveats with how you have to pronounce things now um it makes it really hard to find uh when you ask alexa but we are on amazon music and uh all the other music's really um streaming sites so yeah anything just at the picassos at wicker casket either one of those beautiful make sure to give charles some love because we love Charles. Charles is so talented. And we do love the Picassos. So, we like for like. Yeah. There you go. Get those Instagram followers. Followers. Well, there's one more thing before we kind of start winding down here. There's one kind of final topic I wanted to ask you about or that I've had this burning desire to ask you about. Um, now, I don't know if you're familiar. We have there's these particular um type of spirit boxes or this class of spirit boxes if you will that um are are created by combining different guitar parts um a few pedals Mm. some cables and an amplification just like a a portable amplifier device and um some of these different live processing features then trying to use this stuff for ghost hunting um there are these uh, interesting little bits of communication that can come through on these devices um, because of, like, you know when you're you're holding a cord for the guitar amp and it makes that buzzing noise when you touch it? And you know what oh, I'm yes. talking about. I love that noise, yes. I do too. And I don't know what it is about that noise, but so that extra little bit of white noise, if you will, is interesting to me. But have you ever had any... I, and I don't know, there's no right or wrong answer. Have you ever had any weird experiences where any voices or any kind of odd communication comes through any of your amplifying or amplification devices or any of your instruments while you're performing or That's anything? That's an interesting question. Hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> um, well, it, yeah, that it, it really, uh, I honestly think it has. Uh, with especially um, the particular batch of songs that I put out a couple years ago, it's in the behind the curtain um, acoustic stuff. Uh, that was exclusively myself um, recording on my lonesome uh, in the in the house that I reside. And um, I honestly think there are some noises and such that I did not put on those tapes. So uh, I'd like to think that you can hear it, but it, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just hearing things. Um, bits and bobs there but uh, moreover uh, the one song that we had talked about personal phenomena um, when I perform it live I usually try to uh, incite something of a seance um, as far as getting audience participation and everybody hold hands and please repeat after me um, sort of thing and if it works there have been instances when lights will flicker. There have been instances Ooh. when something will fall over uh, oh after God. the song is completed. So I, I, I think it really depends on where I'm at, but there, it, the refrain kind of does uh, 
call out to the uh, the unknown there. No, that's cool. That's you. Have you ever seen Midnight Syndicate live? I'm sorry, Charles. Have you ever been able to see Midnight Syndicate perform at Cedar Point? Ah, uh, no. Oh so. my God, you've got to go. You've got to go. I like, have to go. Oh, it's like unreal. I I don't I don't even want to talk about it because like spoilers. But like they have essentially like things are like like what you're talking about that's like hatch like actually happening for you naturally, which is like absolutely Ooh. amazing. They have that like set up. It's like obviously it's like theatrical, so they are performing live. But there's like you know like actors and you know like stage props that are like rigged to move and stuff. But like it is all about that. Oh, I love it. It's my favorite because I always like every time I go, I'm just like, I'm like, oh, it's going to happen. And I start staring at all the little kids because the little kids are going to freak out. And it's the funniest thing. And there's like parts where like Uh. it gets so amped up that like when I went last year and the guys, oh, my gosh, the guys of Midnight Syndicate are the nicest gentlemen. They're so sweet. And um, they were really great, so they hang out afterwards, so you can, like, chat and visit up with them and stuff like that, and they basically, like, they, they've they gotten to know Mike and I, because we always talk to them, and, you know, we always say, like, we want to link up and work together with them on some sort of project or something, but <laughs> last year, there was actually a group of kids that got up and left before the show ever even climaxed, <laughs> like, they, they were like, nope, that's and they just got up and left, but, like, Oh, it's really good inspiration, though. I'll tell you. You want to get your creative it, flowing? You got to watch it. Is it scary? It is. Yeah, it's like oh, I, good. Kids, kids should not go, in my opinion. However, I love when kids go because I like seeing people get scared. Um, <laughs> and I, I find I mean a little bit joy in that. And Charles, I know you can relate because of your haunted house history as well. But um, a little bit it is so funny and it's so entertaining it's so good and uh, oh it's just amazing so if anyone ever has the chance uh, midnight syndicate they are based out of ohio and um most of the time you know over the past recent years um this year obviously things are a little weird with with covid19 but hopefully Halloween's at cedar point takes place and i only go for the midnight mm. syndicate show i don't care about the haunted houses that they have there they're actors oh come two on. thumbs down whatever <laughs> but like Oh. <laughs> well, you're professionals. So. Oh my gosh, I just get so hyped up. You gotta see it. I I can't give away any spoilers, but like, well, you just gotta go. Hmm. Well, color me interested. <laughs> All right, we'll get a party bus and we're gonna go down to Ohio and we'll do a Mystic Mitten yes. and the Picasso's Ooh. field trip yes. to Cedar Point to Halloween. All for it. We. Yes. Ooh, we. Whenever that that's just allows. A, just Wouldn't a, that be fun? God. So that's good. a plan. That would be amazing. It's the whole plan. We're adults. Ooh. We're in charge of our lives. We can make those kinds of decisions. Exactly. As long as the park's in Wait, is this yeah, like taking yeah. place in Cedar Point? Or what kind of yeah, it takes place in Cedar Point. They have, um, they used to have it at the like Snoopy Theater that they tore down to build Val Raven. And um, now it's in like this like small like the time theater that's like on that main stretch when you first walk into the park. 
um, it's on your left-hand side. So it would be like where they would have like, you know, like stage performances or stuff like that. But the theater for the most part during the regular year doesn't really get used. So it's kind of older. Um, you know, it, it, it definitely, definitely has like a old vintage old timey vibe to it. But, um, I mean, there's every seat in the house is good, but I always purposely sit somewhere where I can see the kids because I know I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> I'm here to see little Timmy cry because I am a bad person. <laughs> no shame in that. So funny. Well, thank you, Charles, so much. It was such a pleasure having you on today. And thank you for sharing your music. I can't wait for the future. <laughs> yeah. One, oh, indeed. I mean, I mean, real talk with everything that's going on. Um, they're talking about a second wave uh, later on in the year. I was just reading something up with that. So there may be a secondary lock-in or something. Not oh, joy. Know. It better not happen in October. I turned 30 this year. That's a big deal. <laughs> <gasps> not Oof. Halloween. Not on your 30. 30, 31. I know. I, know. I, I turned 30 this year, so better not ruin it for me. Woo, woo. Stay inside and wash your fucking hands to save my birthday. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Charles. It was so nice. Please make sure to check out Charles's links in the description for this episode. Um, we've got everything there so you can follow him um, and the Picassos. Uh, and thank you guys so much for joining us for the Mystic Mitten Radio Show. I hope it was worth your while. Um, in our next episode, we'll be joined by the husbands of Mystic Mitten, Mike Miller and Austin Wagner. We'll be interviewing them about what it's like to be married to paranormal investigators and asking them what they think about our, some of our cases. So be sure to make um, your the rounds to check out our social media pages, check out our videos, wash your fucking hands, and stay spooky. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>